appreciate it. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously, a big show. We've been talking about Iran for almost 20 years, uh, and uh, at least the last 15, and this is the first positive move I have seen, but it is fragile, and I'll explain coming up in just a second. Home buying season is upon us. Real estate conditions are looking excellent for much of the uh, country. Equity is on the rise. Rates are low. Prices are affordable. If you're looking for a new home, it could be truly within reach, your first home, next home, or forever home, and it's just 10 minutes. 10 minutes is all it will take to get the pre-approval process started. May I recommend American Financing? Even if you're already in the uh, approval process and the loan process with somebody else, you owe it to yourself to make this phone call and see if American Financing can get you a better deal. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Call 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. My researchers last night were, you know, tweeting back and forth and and texting back and forth all night. And I said, you know what? If something changes, call me, wake me up. I had great peace last night, feeling uh, great comfort that we're okay. And I want to explain what happened last night with the U.S. and Iran and who the real enemies here are. We go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. There's the crack of the bat and a blur of white as the softball goes to the ground. And Paul, 63 from Minnesota, lowers his head and begins to run for first. A month ago, that wouldn't have happened. With his overwhelming knee pain, Paul's days of playing softball seemed to be winding down to a close. And not even the love of the game could stop it. But then a funny thing happened. Paul heard about Relief Factor and decided, what do I have to lose? Give it a try. Within just a few weeks, the knee pain that had plagued him for so long was nearly gone, and he could run the bases again. He even beat out that throat first after hitting the uh, hard grounder. Paul got his game back. He got his life back. When taken properly, it'll happen to you too. At least 70% of the people who take it feel that way i'm one of them relief factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain and it only costs 1995 to start with their three-week quick start uh, quick start trial if you want a drug-free natural way to ease your pain and get your life back go to relieffactor.com that's relieffactor.com i would not make a sportscaster all right i have been watching um iran for at least 15 years. Uh, full disclosure, I was for the Iraqi um, war, uh, and I was for it because I believed it was an attempt to pop the head of the snake, which is Iran. Iran is the real problem uh, in the Middle East. It causes much of our problems. It is a backward society that has destroyed the Persian culture and has destroyed uh, the people of Iran, and even those who were not or who were part of the revolution, didn't want what they have. 
Millions are marching in the streets, risking their lives. You don't see it because our press doesn't go to Iran. Our press doesn't care to show it. Our press decides to go to Iran when there are millions of Americans or millions of Iranians shouting death to America. Soleimani. Soleimani was a brutal hydric. He was a, a brutal mastermind of terror all over the Middle East, responsible for at least 600 deaths of U.S. soldiers. But beyond that, he was a torturer. He was a madman. He was as sick in, as any of the Nazis were. And so we killed him. Now, we call it an assassination, I guess the media does, because it was precision. So we didn't blow up a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. Now we're assassinating. No, we were being precise. Isn't that what the world begged us to do? Wasn't that the last problem? We just lob a missile over there, not even knowing who we're going to hit. And we could hit innocent children and babies and puppy dogs. And so we spent a ton of money to make sure that it hits the target we were looking for. And that's not good enough now. But it was the right thing to do. Now, I since have come back on my position on Iraq. Because that's not what we were trying to do. We were trying to nation build. And our nation building has got us into almost all of the trouble that we have that we're experiencing right now. I mean, when we were humble, when we were a nation that was paying attention to just our problems, the world loved us. France gave us a giant present called the Statue of Liberty. Do you see any nation in the world giving us a present like that today? No. Why? The Statue of Liberty was to show them, to show the people of Paris, not America, show the people of Paris what could be done if you get everybody into the boat. That's the same thing with the, with the Washington crossing the Delaware painting. That was a German painting, not meant for us. We have the copy. The original burned to the ground in World War II as the Allies bombed Berlin. When we pay attention and we are humble and we stay out of everybody's business, we make a big impact because we lead by example. Teddy Roosevelt changed all of that. And everything that Eisenhower told us we should look out for. We made a choice in the 1950s after the war. We now have to have a standing army. We never had one before World War II. We have to have a standing army because now the world could be vaporized overnight. War happens too fast. There's no chance to be prepared for it if you're not prepared all the time. But when they made that decision, he warned us. A military guy warned us. 
There's just going to be a war machine now that wants war. There's going to be a war machine in our Congress, in our White House, in our State Department. And what's worse is America is now going to start funding our universities. And so those universities will also be indoctrination camps. So he warned in, the, in 1959, look out, pay attention, stay awake. Well, we didn't. And we have been on this foreign adventure forever. And it's time for it to stop. Now, how do I square this with a, with a long record on Iran? Iran is filled with things that people that are called Twelvers. They were so crazy that even the Ayatollah Khomeini during the revolution said, by the way, we got to get rid of all the Twelvers because they're nuts. That's how nuts they are. They were too nuts for the Ayatollah Khomeini. Now those same Twelvers are the ones that are leading the Supreme Council. They include people like Soleimani. And they are true believers, hardline believers of wash the world in blood. Now, let me talk to you about the Iranian people. The Iranian people are no different than the people here in America. There are those that are part of the hardline. Those that believe that. Those that last night were going, wait, more, more, more. But the vast majority are the people who are saying, wait a minute, why are we on these foreign adventures? They keep getting us into trouble. If we would just mind our own business, why are we spending a billion dollars a month on on the Quds Force with Soleimani? A billion dollars a month. Bread is 70% higher and more expensive than it was just a couple of months ago. And you're sending all of this money for what? So let's not lose sight that people are people. The, let's not lose sight for those of us who are old enough to remember when the Iron Curtain came down, we found out that the Russian people were not our enemy. It was the government. And the government was the enemy of the people. Last night... The best case scenario happened. Iran attacked our our embassy. We cannot allow people to attack our embassies. Iran especially, they have a history of it, 1979. They took everybody hostage for over a year. And then coincidentally... Um, they were all released the day Reagan raised his hand and took command. Last night, Iran responded to us killing Soleimani, a guy who is clearly a very bad guy, a guy that I would compare to, to Heydrich or Himmler. We took him out because he killed at least 600 of our soldiers, and he has been torturing his way to success all over the Middle East. I know. We were there. 
we met with some of the families that his people, his Quds Force, had killed and tortured. We met with one family whose whose mom was killed in front of the two children and the dad. And as if that wasn't enough, they took the six-year-old boy and took out drills and drilled holes in his legs. He still can't walk. That's who Soleimani was. I have no problem taking him out. It was the right thing to do. But the press and the left just wring their hands all night. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? This is World War III. There's going to be a draft. And I told you Monday, relax. There's not going to be a draft. This could turn into World War III, but I don't think so. This is our best option at this point. What happened last night was the best case scenario. They lobbed missiles over. They were not cruise missiles. Cruise missiles are accurate. Cruise missiles get the job done. Cruise missiles, as they used in Saudi Arabia to take out their oil fields, those cruise missiles went a lot farther in Saudi Arabia. They went from Iran to Saudi Arabia to the oil fields, and if you look at the pictures, they hit dead center all of their targets. What they lost, what they launched last night was a missile. What they launched last night was not a threat. I don't even think they were fully loaded. Several duds, and none of them hit their target. Now, why is that? Are they just incompetent? Are we so arrogant to think that they're so far behind us that they can't even hit? across their own border accurately? Of course they can. Of course they can. This was them trying to save face last night with their hardliners. Now, I'll tell you more as we go. This isn't going to work. But that's what they did. And they immediately went to the UN and said, we're not, we're not wanting war. We just wanted to retaliate for that strike on Soleimani. We're not looking for war. They immediately said a press release, this is it. This is all we're going to do. That's signaling, we just need to save face, leave us alone. We're not going to kill any of your people. Now, luckily, we have a president who, no matter what anyone says, left or right, is not a warmonger. He's been against these wars his whole life. It's one thing that he really believes. And his doctrine even though it's unspoken, is if you don't kill any of our guys, I'm not going to respond. They took down our drone. Many presidents would have responded. He didn't. Why would I respond? They didn't kill any of our people. Taking a a drone out of the sky, okay, it's expensive, but I'm not going to kill people for that. Donald Trump doesn't want war. Donald Trump wants to be out of war. Donald Trump is an American first. Like that or hate that, that's who he is. And it's exactly the right kind of guy to have in today and yesterday and last week. I don't know if you watched Fox News last night, but it was a horror show. If Donald Trump listens to the people on Fox News, 
If he listened to them last night, this thing would we would be in World War Three today. But he didn't. They were calling for crazy take out their oil fields. Crazy stuff. The minute we heard that there were no casualties, go to bed. Go to bed. Here's what Trump has to do. Trump cannot respond kinetically. He cannot respond with military. Cannot. Donald Trump cannot listen to the voices of the hardliners on Fox News. He cannot. Trump must stick to his red line of American lives. Keep your powder dry and your cyber uh, weapons dry as well. Continue to weaken the regime at home in Iraq. Continue to vocally support the Iranian people. The ones who are actually rising up. And then prepare for a non-military strike on U.S. assets. And I'll explain that. And the hardliners in both Iran and the hardliners, including the press and the Democratic Party, here in America when we come back. So Tom Cruise is suspended from the ceiling in your living room on a wire, and he's carefully lowering himself down. The Mission Impossible theme is playing somewhere in the background as he inches closer to the floor and a smile begins to cross his face because he realizes, oh, they don't have anything protecting. Then the police come barging through the floor, uh, through the uh, through the door, and he realizes, oh, crap, I didn't see it because it's simply safe, simply safe. He might have tried a different place to take out his uh, caper and look for your knock list. Simply Safe Home Security is the kind of thing that Fortune 500 companies use. It's security for a modern age. It's almost invisible in your house. It's clearly marked so if anybody is coming through the, you know, through the doors or through the windows, they know, oh crap, security from Simply Safe and it's on and police will respond three and a half times faster. Because what Tom Cruise didn't know is that you had a camera and when he tripped the alarm, it showed police exactly what was hanging from your ceiling and so they arrived three and a half times faster usually it takes them about 45 minutes on average because you have video verification like fortune 500 companies they're there in about seven minutes so if tom cruise is lowering himself down ladies even in your bedroom make sure you have simply safe simplysafe.com go to simplysafe.com right now i hate tom cruise i actually really like tom cruise but i hate him he's older than me and he looks still i hate him i just hate him tom you're breaking my heart simplysafebeck.com that's simplysafebeck.com we pause for 10 seconds station id kills me Today's my today's my twentieth wedding anniversary. Really, twentieth wedding anniversary. Congratulations Thank to you. you and uh, opposite to Tanya. Yes, condolences to to, to Tanya. 
And I was just thinking, you know, Tom Cruise, he looks the same as he did when he was in Mission Impossible when we got married. And then look at the pictures of me the day I got married to today. It's not pretty. Yeah, you haven't uh, aged as well as Tom Cruise? No, I haven't. Mm. I think I would have aged uh, uh, better if if the world hadn't gone insane. Ah, the world's fault. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I now do. You're, I do. You're a good I progressive. Do. I there think you go. so, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's everybody else's fault. You're not responsible. <laughs> not at all. The well, world the put fatness. the McGriddles in your the mouth. Fatness. Yes. Yeah. Fatness. That's kind of, uh, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but the aging process is... Uh, Ugly. It's ugly. Anyway, um, I want to talk to you about um, uh, uh, Iran. First of all, do you disagree with anything that I just said? Uh, I would put one asterisk on it because uh, I agree with you. I think it was the best case scenario so, so far. far. That's the big thing, I think. Well, did you notice the last one was prepare for non-military strike on U.S. assets? Exactly. Going into this, we talked about it a lot. And mm-hmm. then, you know, do they go with proxy efforts like they have for a very long time? Yes. Or do they put their stamp on it? It was somewhat surprising to see them put their stamp on something, but when you realize that they basically missed on purpose, right? I yeah. mean, they, they they did not want to make no this. no way that they – if they wanted to hurt us in Iraq, they could have done it. Yeah, they went to very far, like, you know, in the middle of nowhere sort of bases. Yes. They, they didn't – they were not highly populated. They did not use uh, precision weapons. They did not use uh, large explosives. They did everything they could to be able to convince their people – they were fighting back. Yeah. We sent 19 missiles over. Yeah. We're yeah, tough. Right. We're tough. Right. We're killed 30 people. We swear. Yeah. And then we knew that obviously none of that happened. So if that's where it ends, absolute best case scenario. We took out an international terrorist, one of the worst people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And in response, nothing. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a miracle outcome. And, and, right. and one of the things that's interesting politically about this is – Trump's uh, approval rating among Americans, and you see the way he performs and polls against uh, these other candidates, built into that is very strong approval rating on the economy and uh, and several other things, but also a very low approval rating or expectation for him to be able to handle difficult international incidents. The American people, generally speaking, don't think he's capable of doing that. I'm not saying he isn't. But if they can, if if the, he can be convinced, if the American people see him over and over again do these things, and they turn out like this, and it stays like this, his approval rating has real move room to move there. And I, I think this was the best case scenario and the best played hand of a president I've seen in a very very long time. Back in a minute. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, there's one thing I'm willing to bet about you, and that's that you like the idea of saving money. Are you willing to spend 10 minutes to try to save a buttload of money? The salary-based mortgage consultants over at American Financing can help lower your interest rate or access cash to pay off that high-interest debt. You could save $1,000 a month or more. So what was last year like for you financially? Did you pay off some debts? Did you add to your savings? Did you pay things down? I can't stress it enough. Ten minutes could change the financial picture of your life right away. Some people are saving $1,000 a month, some even more. American Financing has an A-plus rating with a BBB and over 4,000 Google reviews. So don't wait. Call them today. It's American Financing at 800-906-2440. It's 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. 
Call them. They've been with me now for over 10 years. I've used them. Several of my friends have used them. Millions of listeners have as well. Go to blazetv.com. Use the promo code Glenn. Save 10 bucks off your subscription. More on the latest in Iran coming up. We welcome Mr. Uh, Pat Gray, who is uh, joining us now from the Pat Gray radio program uh, and podcast called Pat Gray Unleashed, which you can download and listen to at any time. Really great program. I listen to it every morning live as he's doing it as I prepare on this program. Is and that true? Is that really it true? It is true. Uh-huh. It is true. And uh, you can uh, you can listen to it. Um, you can listen to it live if you're a member of the Blaze TV dot com or you can download it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pat. Indeed. Last night. MSNBC was rolling the Iranian state television broadcast and taking their coverage and taking their word for what had happened. Don't you think that's close to treason? Close. It's not, but it's close. It's close. It's it, it is. It's despicable. It's, I'll tell you that. And anti-American. It's anti-American. First of all, they they just took the thirty dead Jeez. that the Iranian state television was claiming and reported it and reported it mm-hmm. and let the Iranians report it on their own broadcast all across mm-hmm. America. I mean, that is Crazy. if you are dealing with Nazis, which you are, when you're dealing with the Iranian. Uh, Supreme Council, you are dealing with people who are as bad as Nazis. And can you imagine if we would have just taken Berlin radio and just taken what they said verbatim? No. That's insanity. It would never have happened. Insanity. They want Donald Trump to fail so much that they are willing to put uh, put gasoline on a fire to cheer mm-hmm. for war. Mm-hmm. I also love the fact that they are helping Iran in the propaganda war with who Qasem Soleimani was. Uh, I mean, all we're hearing is that, you know, he was just, he was nothing but a humble, peace-loving humanitarian. Oh he helped up. old women across the street. He developed life-saving vaccines. He <laughs> worked extensively. In fact, I think side-by-side side with Mother Teresa in India, all during the 80s. I oh, mean, the he guy, was a good guy. Uh, just a good egg. Okay, so <laughs> may, I, may I ask you this? Time Magazine, and I mean this sincerely, Time Magazine tweeted, if you need help talking with the children in your life about the aftermath of Iranian General Qassam Soleimani's killing... Time has a guide to explain the topic. Okay, Okay. here's my question, and this is sincere. What kind of screwed up parent has freaked out children about Soleimani's death? (laughs) Seriously, because they're not getting Mm -hmm. that on the playground. They're not like, Mommy... Why did General Soleimani have to die? That's not happening anywhere. How screwed up are the people at Time Magazine that their kids have to have some? That's because mom and dad are like, Soleimani, Donald Trump is going to get all of us killed. And the kids are in the corner going, Mm -hmm. "Ah, that's irresponsible. 
irresponsible. Yeah, remember? Absolutely irresponsible. Some celebrity and celebrity wife that had their kid who was like 13 years old, like crying in their bed for days and days after Trump was elected. Remember that? Who was that? Yeah. I don't remember who. I I feel like it was a director or something. I don't remember. In California, they they Mm. they had counselors at the school ready for you. I mean, that's, that's just, crazy. That is crazy talk. That's just bad parenting. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and absolutely um, uh, just, just you have lost touch with reality. We didn't need counselors when Barack Obama was elected the second time. Well, I did. But <laughs> our children didn't need counseling. We didn't need time off in school. That was crazy. That's crazy. But that's how, that's how just... Sick and twisted they are. Soleimani. Here's what you say to your kids. He was a really bad guy. Americans got the bad guy so he won't hurt thousands of children all over the Middle East. Yeah. How did it, how did people explain uh, Osama bin Laden's death to their kids? Right. This it, is that's crazy. how you explain it. This is how far off the deep end the mainstream media is. They are. They will do anything. For Donald Trump to lose, they they will be cheering a war if it means Donald Trump looks bad. Now, because all of those kids on Central Park, Central Park West, you know, <laughs> the east side's okay. But because of all those people on Central Park West and maybe Central Park South have their kids crying. And I know, I know the elites. I've written a little song for you. And it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> oh, Soleimani, make my kids cry. Oh, Soleimani, why'd you have to die? <laughs> that, that's beautiful. Thank you very much. Wow, and so lovely. you just open with that and say, mm-hmm. I have the answer. I have the answer. Because he was a brutal killer. Americans got a bad guy and killed him. Is that like a rap interlude or is that not part <laughs> mm-hmm. of this? Or you just started talking after the song? Yeah, I just started okay, talking okay, after okay. the song. It was, you know, that was the... Seems like you could have put a little bit. You probably should have told it. us the song was over yeah. and now this is commentary. Okay, well, you know, I can't do everything for okay. everybody. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm just trying to help. I'm you don't have your plan for live orchestra. kids that are crying on, on Central, Pal- mm-hmm. uh, Central Park uh, West right now. All, they're all media kids. Right. They're all media kids. And they're, <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sing it again so people can catch it for like a ringtone or something? No, no, no. Okay. I, no, I really, no, I actually don't. <laughs> really? Uh, but, uh, but thank you. We could that. offer it. We could offer. It. I guess we could. We could just take the previous one and just like take it and just offer it for free at Glenbeck.com. We could do that. Something like that. Yeah, what might be good? People could download yeah. it. Do whatever. Soleimani, <laughs> beautiful. Make my kids cry. Soleimani. Why'd you have to die? Now you just put that in your phone, and then when I call you, you'll know who it is. I wasn't sad about it, but now I kind of am. Yeah, you yeah, brought yeah, me along. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it is. It is sad. It is mm-hmm. sad. That's being sung on every street corner in New York. Really? Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not on the east side. Just on the west, just the west side. side. Just the west side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, Pat, we all think, and I know you, listening to you, I know you think the same thing. This was just... This is like them going, uh, we're going to just lob these missiles over and have them hit rocks. There's no question. No question. Yeah. However, 
I think we shouldn't because there was no way for Iran to respond militarily and win. Right. They start they a know war. That. We're done. As crazy as they seem, they know that. They know that. However, this was very mm-hmm. unlike this regime. They don't mm-hmm. do this. Okay? Yeah. They use terrorists. So I think we should prepare for a a an American asset, hopefully not here, but it could be, you know, these are the guys. Soleimani was the guy who killed our, our uh, CIA station chief in the 90s, and we did nothing yeah. about it. Um, uh, but I, I could see them kidnapping or killing a CIA station chief or going after one of our ambassadors. We were supposed to have an ambassador on with us uh, today, uh, and uh, he just had to leave town. And now it could have been on wow. business, but it could also be because they're on high alert. They should be on high alert. Mm-hmm. I think that they do this. They say to the world, oh, it's not us. But we should be expecting some sort of terrorist attack against yes. the United States. And one that they can say, that wasn't us. Exactly. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and it's not just, I mean, how many things have we ignored from Iran over the years. I mean, we still we didn't retaliate for the embassy crisis. We did nothing about that. We didn't do anything about the um, the drone strike, which I think nothing. was right. The truck bombing in Saudi Arabia, uh, suicide bombings in Lebanon that every, the intelligence knows they were behind. Um, the IEDs in in Iraq. Those are all that have killed six hundred soldiers. Those are all all Soleimani. October uh, detaining. They detained. Remember the Americans? They they detained. Yeah, the the Navy. Yeah, they they com- commandeered that little Navy ship and then humiliated our sa- our sailors. We did nothing. Uh, they've attacked American interests in Africa. They've harassed us in the Persian Gulf. Um, Hezbollah plots and and Iran is behind Hezbollah. Uh, attacking the United States. Operatives were arrested conducting surveillance of U.S. military and law enforcement facilities. Remember that? Airports um, in in New York City, we, we, we caught them in the middle of that. Eight years ago, Soleimani was plotting, and we caught him, plotting to blow up uh, the Saudi prince, I think, or the Saudi ambassador at the Watergate. They were planning on blowing right. up the Watergate Hotel. So, of course, they thought they were going to act with Impunity. Yep. Uh, when they when they anta- attacked our embassy, um, but they miscalculated, and I think they understand that now. They're dealing with somebody else right. in Donald Trump. And I think you know what he got so much. So many people called him out. You know uh, the Persian culture. He said, "I'm going to you know I'll I'll include your cultural sites." I don't know how he meant that. Like I'm just going to go bomb your museums. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think which is. Fine for him to say it's illegal, okay? Mm-hmm. We can't do that. We don't mm-hmm. want to do that. That's not who we are. However, if he meant it, and I think this is the way he probably meant it, and you know what? If you hide in one of your little mosques, I don't care how old it is. I'm taking you out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everybody was upset. Even those on the right were upset about that. Oh, he shouldn't say that. Yeah, he should. <laughs> yeah, he should. I, I have no problem. Mm-hmm. If Look at this. this Bible... Uh, is from uh, Iraq, and this was done by ISIS rebels. And we went into a uh, we went into one of the churches, old old Nivea church, historic site. Nineveh, yeah, Nineveh. Yeah. 
and it, it all of the statues, all of the paintings, the altar was was desecrated, and all up around the walls were these Bibles, and they were using them as targets for shooting practice. So don't tell me about your sacred sites. If you're in a sacred site, we're going to do everything we can to keep the site. If we could use the neutron bomb to get you in a, in a very small way, we would, but we can't. And so if we have to bomb your your sacred site because you're holed up there and you're plotting and killing people, our people from there, tough luck. Sacred site gone. Yeah, and, and the restriction mm-hmm. on that is if you're doing it intentionally Correct. to hurt the culture, right? Correct. Like you're going, like, you know, you, the, the famous blowing up the what was it, the Buddha statues, right? Yes. When, when, yeah. In Afghanistan. Yeah, there's, right. no, there's no value to that other than trying to destroy that culture. That's Correct. what's mm-hmm. against the law. Well, right. It's not against the law. If, if Hitler decides to put his bunker inside of a historical site, you still bomb the thing. And there's no, that, that's, I do. Yeah. That, that, absolutely. That's I not do. against the law. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of making sure they don't want people to do it like Look, if Al-Qaeda if, was doing if it. If ISIS were hiding in the Cathedral of Notre Dame, I would not want to bomb it, and no, I would do everything. <laughs> I would do everything that I could. But if we're in a war, I mean, a hot war, and that's where they're killing a lot of people. I'm sorry, Notre Dame, you're gone. We'll rebuild you, mm-hmm. and I know it won't be the same, but they cannot be allowed to have a safe base. Human life is more important than buildings. Exactly, I mean, we all right. know that. Exactly right. And okay. there were there were a couple of structures that were destroyed in World War II. I don't know if people remember that. What? Yeah, there were. Yeah, including just, churches. Were they just not built well, properly in Berlin? Because yeah, everything think... in Berlin is still standing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Um, our sponsor uh, this half hour uh, is, uh, is Roman. Ah. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's do that then. All right. Well, we were just talking about uh, all sorts of things you should not talk about at parties. You should not talk about religion. You should not talk about politics. We're just combining them. I mean, that's even worse. I don't know. Those are the parties I kind of like to attend. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's, that seems like you. Yeah. About 50,000 steps down on the you know, list of desirable conversations, of course, is ED. You don't want to talk about that with anybody, except maybe a doctor might be a good way to go. Uh, with Roman, it's easy to talk about it because you can get a real doctor who can actually prescribe real medication. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED from the comfort and privacy of your own home, and the doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is easy. It's straightforward, and you can do it at your house, and you don't have to go talk to the same doctor that you're going to bring your kid in for for like a cold the next day. You don't want to deal with that. Uh, get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash Beck and complete an online visit. Uh, it used to be tough to tackle ED, but uh, you know what? Now, with Roman on the scene, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Beck and get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash Beck for a free visit to get started. It's GetRoman.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. Today's a pretty important day. Um, Iran is 
a very dangerous character, and there's more coming, but I think it's going to be non-military. And I'm hoping that uh, Donald Trump, who will be uh, speaking with us in an hour and ten minutes, um, uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, he is going to say, you know, we took them out, they responded, and if everybody stays cool, that's uh, that's that's what there is. But we can put sanctions on them or whatever. Um, but I hope he keeps his red line on. American lives. American lives. Yeah. What do you think the taunting factor is here? These guys, they try to fire missiles and hit anything. Pretty high. I think pretty high, right? Pretty like high. I, and I think pretty that's high. an okay. I think that's acceptable for the president here. Like yeah. Everyone's playing their own game. And I think that's probably okay for the Iranians. They know that that's going to happen. We, we're not, they're not going to get mad at him taunting. No, and here. they taunted us last night. Yep. Yeah, so and I mean, it was the same. It was the mm-hmm. same thing. Their president taunted, and you know, whatever. That's fine. Let that game be played. Um, but Trump cannot listen to the hardliners on the right uh, and get us into another another war. Uh, if if Iran decides to now go and kill one of our ambassadors or kidnap or do something like that. And they do it through Quds Force or, you know, one of their ter- terrorist organizations. Well, then that's a different story. But uh, last night was a, a really nice ending. Let's leave it alone until they do something else. And if they kill or do something really horrible, then we'll have to respond again. All right. Coming up in just a second. Laura Logan. Laura Logan from the former CBS uh, 60 Minutes reporter that was accosted on the streets in Egypt. We are going to talk to her about the media coverage of Iran next. Uh, We have Laura Logan on uh, with us, who I have tremendous respect for. Uh, and want to talk to her about the media reporting uh, rats in the crowd in Iran and also what she thought uh, how this has played out so far with uh, with the president and uh, uh, and Iran and what happened last night that's coming up in a second Deborah's home was so, uh, stolen and I don't mean thieves stole stuff from her house they literally stole her home the FBI calls uh, home title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes out there. This story is why I protect my home with Home Title Lock. Criminals found the title to our home. This is according to the homeowner. Filed fraudulent documents, claimed they owned it, and it gets worse. I was evicted from my own home, and 85 grand in equity was gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen easily, but it happened to me. Get two months risk-free protection right now if you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. This is the fastest growing crime. It's an epidemic in New York, according to the FBI. HomeTitleLock.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. 
Hello, America. My perspective on what happened last night with the United States and Iran and all the people that were wringing their hands saying, oh, this is World War Three. There's going to be a draft. I think this was the best case scenario. We're about an hour away from the Trump uh, from the Trump address where he's going to address the nation and tell us what he's going to do. Hopefully this is this is over now and there's no more kinetic uh, response to uh, Iran, but we will see. Also, coming up in a half hour, the guy who uh, probably was consulted by the president last night from Congress, we'll get in touch with him and Laura Logan on what the media is doing and how they're handling this. All that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Lindell from MyPillow, uh, I tell you, has almost hijacked my entire sleeping experience, and I couldn't be more happy about it. From the amazing MyPillows, which I have a hard time sleeping without now, to the excellent towels, to the really great Giza Dream Sheets, everything that I have tried from MyPillow, I love. The Dream Sheets are great, and this the, the, these sheets are what helped build this incredible company what it is today. The sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza cotton, ultra soft, breathable, yet extremely durable. They get more soft the more times you use them. Use the promo code BECK right now, and you're going to get buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and get the second pack free if you use the promo code Beck, MyPillow.com, MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials, buy one pair of Giza Dream Sheets and get the other one free. Also, deep discounts on all my other, uh, all the other MyPillow uh, products. Just enter the promo code Beck. Make sure you do that. Or you can call 800-966-3117. It's MyPillow.com, promo code Beck. Laura Logan, who is, I think, a, in my mind, an icon uh, of, of reporting and what a news journalist should be. Uh, she was with 60 Minutes and uh, CBS for years and years. She's won all kinds of awards, including the Edward R. Murrow Award, uh, for her reporting and her journalistic integrity. Uh, you might also remember that she was in the crowd as Egypt... Uh, overthrew Mubarak, uh, and it um, it was brutal for her. I wanted to talk to her a little bit about how the media is handling all of this uh, and her her thoughts right off the top of her head for about last night. Laura, welcome to the program. Hey, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on, and um, thank you for your very, very kind uh, introduction. Uh, well, I, I, I mean every word of it, Laura. Um, can you tell me what your thoughts are on how this is played off uh, from the embassy riot, which was reminiscent of 1979 or probably closer to Benghazi, to uh, killing Qassam, to the response last night? Well, what's very interesting for me, you know, having spent many years on the ground um, in the Palestinian territories, in Israel, in Afghanistan, in Syria, in Jordan, five years living in um, in Iraq, you know, I've traveled all over Iraq. Um, I've been smuggled into, you know, uh, insurgent parts of Damascus and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's what I'm always struck by um, when I see 
these events unfolding is how important the context is <laughs> for the conversation. Because Persians, if you spend any time with Persians, what you learn a- about um, the Persians and Iran, you, you know, Iranians identify themselves as Persians mm-hmm. because it goes back to the, you know, the purge, the, the time of the Persians, right? Sure, when the Persians sure. ruled and they still see themselves through that prism. And what I always try to do is to look at the world through, through their eyes. So, you know, for, same for the Iraqis, same for all the people in the region who are affected by this. And, um, and, and the conversation that's playing out in the U.S. seems very often feels like it's devoid of that kind of context, right? Because we, we tend to look at things only through the prism of now. Um, and I've been, um, I've been quite struck um, for a long time by the United States' lack of action towards Iran. You know, when you're on the, the Iraqi battlefield year after year after year and you see Iran's um, role on the battlefield escalating and the U.S. not doing anything overt to counter it, where all the, all the U.S. efforts to, to counter Iran on the Iraqi battlefield were clandestine, right? They were more covert. Um, and so there's an inherent dishonesty in all of the reporting because we're still talking about the Iraq wars. If it was a war, you know, between the U.S. and Iraqi forces. But who in this conversation about Qasem Soleimani is asking why? Why were Iranian militias killing American soldiers mm-hmm. on the Iraqi battlefield? Mm-hmm. Why were they there? What was their purpose? What was their justification? What was their motivation? No one is asking that. And no one's the, even questioning that. And no one is talking about the fact that the Iraqis were protesting. There were mass protests just a few weeks ago yep. against yep. the Iranians that were there. The Iraqi people do not want them not do not want them there. Um, all well, we hear about is how they don't want us there. But correct. we are protecting so, and, a lot of the Iraqis as well. That's very true. And, of course, you know, Iraq is a mix of Sunni and of Shia people, right? And the Shia, you know, like the Iranians are Shia right, right. across the border. So there's their loyalty um, and their faith, you know, in Shiite Islam. And then there's their national identity as Iraqis. And then, of course, there are also millions of Iraqis who are mixed Sunni and Shia, right? Mm-hmm. You might have, a, you know, a one Sunni parent and one Shiite parent. And, and we act like all of these people are a monolithic entity that all agree right. with each other. Right. And what we leave out of this conversation are, for example, all the Iraqis who used to say to me, ah, this person is not Iraqi. And I used to say, well, what do you mean? They're not Iraqi. They're born in Iraq. They're Iraqi citizens. And they say, yes, but they have Iranian blood running in their veins, which was the Iraqi way of saying their real loyalty is, is to uh, Shiite Iran across the border. Mm. And it's, their real loyalty is not to us, it's, to, it's, it's not to Iraq. And that was very, very interesting for me because you look at someone like Qasem Soleimani, he was um, Iraqi. He was born in Iraq. Um, Mohandas, the Iraqi commander who died with him, he's another one that they said to me has Iranian blood in his veins. Um, you know, and um, Al-Amari, the head of the Badr Corps, who's now replaced um, Mohandas, um, who's now the most powerful Iranian ally in, on the, in Iraq. Um, he also, he fled Iraq decades ago, and he lived in Iran um, and really was trained by Iran. And when um, Saddam fell, the Iranians sent him back into Iraq, and he was tasked by Qasem Soleimani to hunt down every Iraqi pilot 
and significant, um, you know, commander from the Iran-Iraq war and kill them. And I, in fact, I sat down in an interview with him a few years ago for 60 Minutes, and I read to him um, a, an American diplomatic cable that was signed off, authored and signed off on by the U.S. Embassy and by the U.S. Ambassador and sent to Washington. And, th- and you know, I've never forgotten what it said, and which, um, which was this, you know, that, that, that um, the, the U.S. Embassy and the, um, and the military believe that um, uh, Armory was responsible for personally murdering two and a half thousand Iraqi Sunnis, and that his preferred method of killing was to personally drill holes mm-hmm. in their heads while they were still alive. Okay, mm-hmm. this is the man. This is the man that that was trained by Iran. That is one of their most important lieutenants and allies inside Iraq. Okay, these are the people that we're talking about. So what about all the funerals of all the people who died at the hands of Qasem Soleimani and his proxy forces and his commanders and under his orders and with the blessing and authority and funding and training, right? What about all those people? And uh, what about the Iraqis who are celebrating his death? What about Syrians who are celebrating, Yemenis who are celebrating? An Iraqi I spoke to in Baghdad you know, a couple of times over the last few days said to me that every Iraqi in San Diego who, uh, you know, is, is now able to vote in the U.S. is voting for Trump in the next election because they're so happy that he killed Qasem Soleimani. And it's, that's just a voice. It's one part of the story that you're not hearing um, a whole lot about. Well, you're, not at all. Laurie, you're, you're also not hearing the voice of the Iranians, the millions that are risking their life yeah. to stand up, and the millions of people that are, ju- I think, in many ways, just like Americans. They're, they're, their inflation has gone through the roof, and they're looking at a billion dollars a month going to the Quds Force and the IRGC, and they're saying, I don't want any part of this anymore. I, I, this is just causing us more trouble, and they want out. They want relief from this, and no media source that I know of is covering that. That's well. I would I would agree with you on that. That no media source is covering that part of the story. To those people, are completely left out of this conversation. And um, and not only that, but some of those people, their voices are left out because they're dead, right? I mean, the green movement. Who remembers the green movement? Who there's been you know really two significant um, protest movements that have risen up in Iran to the level where. Um, they haven't been able to hide their existence, right? Because we, you know, I'm always very, very cautious about um, speaking about what, you know, Iranian people and what they want and how they feel and what the situation is, because we know so little, right? It's very hard to function and operate um, in Iran. You do not get access to that country as a journalist or as an outsider unless the regime, you know, authorize, specifically authorizes you to do so. And when they do that... They have a specific purpose. There's a reason they let you come in. And they control what you see. They control who you speak to. They control what people say because people self-censor. They're so afraid they self-censor. So really accurate assessments over, you know, how how um, the majority of people feel. I can tell you what individuals feel because I can, you know, I can from time to time speak to individuals and, and, and often in situations where I can at least have a high degree of confidence that I'm not being, you know, lied to, right? But, um, but 
but what we're not hearing, what, but what the Iranians could not hide, they could not hide the Green Movement. They could not hide some of these mass protests. And uh, what we do know is that those protest movements were brutally, brutally suppressed. I mean, you know, hundreds of people were disappeared, tortured, imprisoned, murdered, right? And, um, and who was responsible for making that happen? I mean, the IRGC, the Quds Force, Qasem Soleimani, these people, mm-hmm. yes, he was loved by many people in Iran, but he was also feared and he was also hated. And those voices um, are, you know, they're, they're completely and utterly written out of the current narrative. Lara Logan, um, I'd like to continue with you. I'm going to take a quick one minute break and then I'd like to come back and talk a little bit about the media coverage here on on uh, on, on, on on how distorted it is. And, and MSNBC last night running the state television from Iran and then taking their word for how many Americans had been killed, which we now know is zero. Uh, and and what the motivation is? What are, how do what does the average American take from this uh, this media today? Back in just a second with Laura Logan. All right, um, a question for you: uh, fifty bucks. How'd you like to save fifty bucks and get a reasonably good office chair in the bargain? I mean, we're talking pretty good. You know, it's an okay chair. The wheels don't squeak a lot, and it's it's sort of comfortable. You don't sit in it, you know, all day long, and you get 50 bucks. How about this? How about if we save $100 and you get the most luxurious and comfortable office chair known to mankind? It is the new, uh, uh, the new uh, archetype, if you will, for office chairs. It's X-Chair, xchairbeck.com. Go there now. You get the patented dynamic variable lumbar support, 10 different settings. The X-Chair is what you need for a comfortable workday. It is really, really great. I'm sitting in one now. I have one in my office. My wife, I just bought her one for Christmas because she wanted it because she comes and sits in my office from time to time, does work at my desk. And she's like, I want one of these at home. They're really great. X-Chair. On sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Or you can call 1-844-4X-Chair. xchairbeck.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. Laura Logan uh, is is with us, and I I, I don't want to dwell on this at all, but I couldn't help but see the ABC reporter um, in the crowd in Iran, uh, you know, wearing her headscarf and everything else, and thinking she's in real danger because uh, those crowds can change, as you found in in Egypt. How much danger was she in? Yesterday, And what kind of deal had to be made uh, for her to have that kind of coverage? And is it responsible? Um, Well, you you know, I think it's I think it's unfair to ask if it's responsible, just in the sense that, you know, our job as reporters is to try um, to tell, you know, every side of the story. And if I was still um, an evening news reporter, you know, CBS News, foreign news reporter, I would have been. Um, I would have loved to have been on the ground in Iran and be in Martha mm. Raddatz's shoes and, and be reporting from the ground. And and I do have enormous respect for Martha, and I know her personally, and, you know, I like her a lot. But having said that, 
I mean, um, I would say to you that you're right in any crowd, in any emotional situation like that, there's always a risk, right? No question about it. But let's not forget that Iran is not the average, uh, it's not the average country. It's not like the U.S. I mean, um, everything is, is very carefully stage managed. Now, you always have the risk that, you know, you could be caught up in a stampede, right? Things can um, boil over like that. But um, and there's always a risk that if they that they allow you to be targeted, but things do not happen on the ground in countries like that um, most of the time without being orchestrated. Mm-hmm. So when the Iranian government says, "Okay, yes, you're approved and you can come in," you know you've got a minder with you all the time. This person is monitoring every single thing you d- you say. There we call them minders, but let's be honest, they're mukhabarat intelligence agents, right? They're spies. And they're reporting on everything you say and everything you do. And every person you speak to, every Iranian you interview, knows that that person is standing right there, right? So those, those, and, and, you know, sure, it was like that in Iraq under Saddam Hussein. I mean, it was like that in Syria under Assad. You know, I've done that many times. So I'm not criticizing Martha for that. What I would say is that there's, there's very little context. They're not giving any context in the reporting. And that's the problem that I have with this. I applaud her for being on the ground and I applaud her for, for being there. And I would love to be in her shoes. But at the same time, where is the, you know, where is the, that little bit of distance? You know, what we have to do as reporters is we have to be right in that moment and be emotional and live it and bring it to life for the viewer, right? And bring you right there. But then we also have another job. Our other responsibility is to take a little step away from it and say, okay, what's the broader context? And I used to argue with U.S. soldiers all the time, right? Because I, contrary to what people say, I didn't live with U.S. soldiers in Iraq. I lived with Iraqi people. And when I would go to the bases with them, you know, and, and they would say, well, you reporters never tell our story. You never do this. And you never do that. And you're so biased. And I would say, look, I mean, it's great that you've employed this, you know, 50 people and you've built this well and there's water in the village. But like, you know, uh, what has this done to move the needle for unemployment in the country as a whole? How many Iraqis today, how many more have access to clean drinking water didn't before? Oh, yes, they all they did before. In fact, you know, the infrastructure has been destroyed and now fewer people have it today. You know, I, I used to explain to them that there's a context in which you're operating. And I have dual responsibilities to you, to the Iraqis, to the taxpayers back home, to the government that sent you here, (coughs) to the military that's trying to manage these operations. All of these responsibilities compete, and they're all equal. And I have to be, you know, try to be fair to, um, you know, to everybody. So I don't just get to tell your story and not bother about the context. And that's what I feel is is happening in, in, in the, some of the reporting well, that I've seen from the ground there. It's all about one perspective, and there's no real distance to it. There's no, like, you know, nobody's putting it in context and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know? And hey, I, wait a minute. But, like, but like, I, 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 they were chanting death to America before Qasem Soleimani was right. killed. I, and I, I, understand, I, mean, I understand Martha not having to add context while she's on the ground. But when I say, is, was it responsible, still, I mean, A-B... Some of that in there. As much as she can get away with, yes. But mm-hmm. back home, ABC should be saying, "Look, she's you know we we made you know we 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 are uh, we made a deal. She has minders. She has people with her. So she's bringing a certain context to the uh, you know to the picture here. But they're just using it as straight reporting. Same thing with NBC last night, running state television." 
where they were reporting yeah, 30 soldiers. Stunning. Yeah, it's just stunning. It's, I mean, that to me is just like, well, how about this, Glenn? Okay, how about, how do you know that the pictures they put on state TV show what they say they show? Right. How do you know that? Like, you know, I was having conversations with uh, various people, a couple of intelligence people. They were looking at, they were triangulating the trajectory of the, um, you know, of the missiles in the air with the moon and looking at where the moon was in the past, uh, you know, from Iran to Iraq, because yes, there were missiles that hit that base, right? But where were they fired from? Were they fired from Iran? Were they fired from, you know, an Iranian proxy inside Iraq? I mean, were they fired that night? Were those pictures of the missiles being fired? I mean, maybe those pictures were of something else. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of questions about that because Iranian. Um, the Iranian regime frequently puts out whatever it wants to. I mean, they're masters of propaganda. So, and what is very obvious here is, you know, when they put that out and they did that quickly and they had people cheering there, you know, at mm-hmm. the launch site, that was for the people, right? That was to satisfy, mm-hmm. because what has happened here, this is the part that, for me, the most significant thing that I think is missing here from the news coverage, where reporters have really failed in their duty, is that the strength of the reaction to Qasem Soleimani's death is absolute verification of the significance of the strike. Because they, you know, the media here seems to want us to have it both ways, where they want to say, this achieves nothing. This will not impact Iran's capabilities in any way. Um, you know, it's not significant at all. And then on the other hand, they want to say, this is so significant that you have, you've now put us into World War III. Thank you, Laura Logan. Back in just a minute with more. All right, our sponsor this half hour. Um, I told you the other day that reportedly 267 million Facebook users had their names, their Facebook IDs, even their phone number exposed in online database. Did you even blink at that? Do you, I mean, do you do anything about that? What do you do? 267 million, that, that could be your name. So what do you do? Well, the question is, is there anything you can do? Keep rolling the dice, hoping you're not one of the next people who gets victimized, or are you going to stand up, send them packing? God helps those who help themselves, right? LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, things like social security being on sale on the dark web, your identity stolen. LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists that are going to work to fix it. And nobody can prevent all of this stuff, monitor all transactions, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 25% off. LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Coming up tonight, the latest on Iran and everything that's going on. Go to blazetv.com. Promo code is Glenn to save your 10 bucks. A man who I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he wasn't in a uh, council last night trying to figure out what was going on and uh, what the response should be. Uh, Congressman Chris Stewart, a member of the Intelligence uh, Committee in Congress. Welcome, uh, Chris. How are you? 
I'm good, Glenn. Boy, our year started out with a bang, didn't it? No pun intended. Yeah, I know. It's it's crazy. And I think that this is, if it continues to play out this way, and there's a caveat on this or two, but this was last night the best case scenario for a response from Iran, was it not? Yeah, it it really was. And when you look at uh, some of the statements from their leadership saying they thought it was proportional, they don't want to 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 accelerate nor to you know make things worse. It's pretty clear the leadership is signaling that they themselves are not going to do anything further. Although I think their proxies will. We've, they've been doing that for yes. forty years, but yes. it really was kind of a best case uh, that we could have hoped for at this point. So we had people on television last night that I thought were crazy saying that we should go after and bomb their oil fields and i thought geez who is advising the president um his doctrine seems to be his red line american lives and if no american lives were lost then we're fine uh go ahead i'm sorry glenn that's exactly right and you've hit upon the key on that and it really has been the president's red line and he's been very clear all through the summer when they were tanking our tankers, when they're shooting down our drones in international airspace that are operating lawfully, when he's attacking the Saudi oil fields, he always said, and by the way, I know they've been signaling very, very clearly to the Iranian leadership, if you kill Americans, everything is different. And, and through the late fall, we began to see them take actions that would kill Americans as they consistently bombed facilities where about half the people there were Americans. And the president signaled again to them, you're going to kill some Americans if you continue doing this. And if you do, everything is different. And they did kill some American, an American citizen, and things did change. Uh, but hopefully, and I'm actually quite optimistic, that, that, that this will now settle down and, and the reframe their thinking, and maybe we can even get something positive coming from this. How do you mean? What do you think we could possibly get? Well, you know, our grand strategy is not just to continue with a 40-year low-grade war with Iran. Going back to the embassy in 79 and every incident and dozens of them and the hundreds of Americans who've been killed in the intervening time, I mean, we can say, well, that's just the way it is and we'll just accept it. Or we could encourage it like Barack Obama did and said, here's a boatload of money and here's uh, prestige and credibility on the international stage. And we now think that you're just another nation on, on par morally and the way you treat people like us. Or we could say, look, you've got to change your behavior, but if you do, we will welcome you back into the international community. We'll, we'll relieve some of the sanctions. We'll try to help the Iranian people. But you can't keep doing what you've been doing for 40 years. And maybe, I know it sounds crazy, but just maybe this is an opportunity for Iranian leadership to say, you know, this is enough. We really could modify some of the things we've been doing. I doubt they're going to do that. Um, no, uh, probably, probably not. Um, but, you know, hopefully. If they would have a proxy, so they have one, you know, one degree of separation or more, um, and they had a proxy go after an embassy or go after a CIA station chief, as they've done before, uh, or uh, or kidnap an official someplace in the in the world, uh, how do we respond to that? Does that take us right back to where we were? Yeah, you know. I hate to say it depends, but it really does depend, and it depends on just a, an incredible number of variables. Obviously, uh, I, this I can say with some certainty. Their proxies are not a mystery to us. Uh, when they operate through their proxies, we don't go, boy, I wonder who did that or on what authority that took place. We can draw these, connect these dots, and it's not 
a, a whole lot of dots you have to connect. So they can operate through proxies, but they can't do it with impunity and they can't do it with anonymity. We know that it's them and they know that we know it's them. Uh, and I guess, Glenn, coming back to my point about it does depend, I mean, it, there are so many gray areas in that of who did they capture, who did they kill, under what circumstances and where. And I think the best response is to just say it would be proportional and it would be uh, our response would be proportional and it would be uh, to, you know, reinvigorate this idea that we that there's a defense against this. So we're mm-hmm. going to not incentivize them for this behavior. So I think the president has uh, a few groups of people, five groups of people that he's he just can't listen to. Uh, and the the. Uh, the Ayatollah uh, would be well advised not to listen to them as well. Hezbollah and the hardliners. This is not going to satisfy the hardliners. It's not going to f- satisfy Hezbollah because those are the diehards that want death to America, truly want death to America. Um, in the United States, I, I would have to put our GOP hardliners, that a lot of them were on TV last night saying we should bomb the oil fields and everything else. And I was thinking, that's crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so don't listen to those hardliners, but also uh, the Democratic politicians who are so eager for failure here. It is insane. Uh, they were yeah. immediately saying that this is the death spiral. This is going to be World War Three. Uh, the the press was 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 literally MSNBC literally taking Iranian state television and running it on the air and. And letting it go unchecked, I, yeah. I I don't know whose hardliners and whose freaks are worse. Those in in yeah. Iran or those here. Yeah, you said much, and if I could respond to just a couple things on that. Number one is that uh, I'm uh, once again, and this is not going to shock anyone, but I'm just so disappointed with Nancy Pelosi, and this is why. And this is this is meaningful. This isn't just politics as normal. Nancy Pelosi had the opportunity the last last night to come and see the intelligence, which is irrefutable. And yet she still went out and made this highly partisan statement about, well, this is uh, implying that this is American aggression. After seeing this intelligence, there's no way anyone in the world could honestly come out and say this is anything than what it was, and that was the president protecting American lives. That is very clear. And the second thing I would respond to, Glenn, is agreeing with you in the fact of the hardliners. The good news is, is you know who agrees with you is President Trump. Right. The last thing in the world he wants is to get into any meaningful war or engagement in the Middle East again. For heaven's sakes, that's what he's campaigned on, and that's what he's done since. And he knows that. And the second person, or, or even more than him, actually, who wants, doesn't want a war in, with Iran is the Iranian leadership. They know it would be suicide. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you how many people have asked me over the last three or four days. I mean, really worried. Hey, do I need to go get my kids from college? You know, are we going to war? Was this? And it's like, no, no, no. We are not going to be in a major international conflict with Iran. We don't want it, and they don't want it. And it doesn't have to be that way. We can respond appropriately when they kill American citizens as we have to. But that doesn't mean, and, it, and I'm confident, that we won't be in a large-scale war with them. I just don't believe that's, that's in the cards at all. Chris, have you ever seen – I mean, I, I just feel as though between the media and, quite honestly, the Democrats, I understand the Republican hardliners that just 
you know, they just want to regime change and everything else. We got to stop doing all of that stuff. Uh, and I understand who Iran is, but this is not the way to go. Um, I understand that, but I honestly do not understand. I am very concerned that the Democrats uh, and the um, and the the media are almost cheering for Iran uh, over sure. us, which is just it's it's suicide. Is the divide really? That stark now that even in times when American lives are at stake, they'll just con- they just hate Donald Trump so much they'll do whatever it takes. Well, I mean, the early indications are that's exactly the case. And I'll go back to my example, Miss Pelosi. The responsible thing for her to do after seeing the intelligence and having her questions answered would have come out and say the president did the appropriate thing. He had no choice. She could not bring herself to do that. And if she couldn't do it, which stunningly, we consider her one of the more responsible members of the Democratic Party now, which is unbelievable to me, but compared to many of the others, she actually is. If she can't do that, then many of the others will not either. And the media will not as well. And I think it comes back to what you said, Glenn. They're just so viscerally opposed to this president. And and anyone who supports him, his voters, anyone who, who has a kind word towards him is just their mortal enemy, it's as if they feel. Uh, that they that they would actually uh, have sympathetic feelings towards uh, General Soleimani, who's responsible for you know the death of hundreds of Americans and hundreds of thousands of lives from Syria to, through the Shia Crescent. And you know I, I hope this will pass. I hope that they will you know that they'll come to their senses a little bit on this. But uh, but the early indications are is that. As you said, they just oppose and hate this president so badly they just can't think clearly through these things. One last question. As a guy who's on the Intelligence um, Committee, a guy who's been in the uh, Air Force and um, you know, high-ranking officer, um, this letter that was leaked uh, that said we were pulling out, that was unsigned, that is the, one of the most damaging things to our policies that could have ever happened. I mean, it, it, it you you couldn't be you couldn't be uh, working for the other side and have a better thing happen than at that point say, oh, we're going to pull out, which forces the president to say, no, we're not, which which enables Iran to say, look, we're winning, uh, forces us to stay. Is there going to be any consequence for this person? Do you believe that that was just released accidentally? I'm going to answer that as honestly as I can, and that's just say, Glenn, I don't know, but but we have to find out. I mean, it was in in a a very troubling communication in in the midst of uh, of a time when the communication should have been very concise and very, very clear. And it clearly wasn't the president's policy. It clearly wasn't the administration's view that okay, well we're going to we're going to cut tail and run. And by the way, that's exactly what what the Iranian regime wants us to do, so that they can rain right. blood and horror through that area. Uh, but we need to we need to as I've as I've said for several years now, I, I think we re- need to relook every place we have American soldiers over there and ask the question: Is it essential? Is it a necessary? What are we getting for this? Uh, but you can't do it in the, in, at, at this moment, and you can't give it to the Shia militia and to the Iranian regime at this time. So, yeah, but at some point we should look at that. What are the purpose of the U.S. troops in Iraq, and how long should they be there? But for that communication to have been leaked deceptively like it was, 
And to send that kind of message, man, we'd love to find out who did that and, and what. Well, wouldn't did. that be pretty easy to find out? I mean, who wrote that? Was that a low-level private who just didn't know what they were doing? Or, I mean, that had to have some weight behind it. Somebody who wrote that, we should be able to find, and they should be fired at best. Or, I mean, sorry, at least. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm going to withhold judgment on this until I know more because I don't want to. I'd want to say something without the okay. facts, but we need to find out. And that's, and, and, and that's just the bottom line. We need to find out who did it, under what circumstances, what they were thinking. It just wasn't what the president's policy, it did not reflect our policy. Well, and it could be, Glenn, that it was just misconstrued in the sense that they were going to reposition troops, and it might have been poorly stated. But if they're saying we're going to reposition troops to better defend ourselves, that's very different than we're going to reposition troops to prepare for a withdrawal. Well, let me know if you pursue it, because I'd like to know the answer to that, because I think think this was this 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 was really disturbing i've not seen that happen before chris stewart thank you so much appreciate it congressman chris stewart from uh, the great state of utah i mean what was that i i don't want to say anything without the facts what year do you think this is it's not, it's not 1965 i mean it's 2019 you say things or 2020 jeez you say things without facts that's what we do you know real estate agents uh, being a real estate agent is just not just a job. There's an art to it. There's a balance of good habits and techniques that take years to master. And the agent doing that job usually comes with a deserved reputation, either good or bad. There's something deeply important about getting it right. So it's not just about the money, is it? Although that's important. It's about taking good care of you and your family during a time of crucial and sometimes really difficult change. That's why I started Real Estate Agents I Trust, because I've had my share of difficult encounters with real estate agents over the year, and I wanted to make sure that uh, we were doing all the best things that we could. I, I don't know how to hire a real estate agent. I don't know what best practices are until I met with the 500 best real estate agents uh, in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal, and started working with them uh, on different projects all around the country. After a couple of years, I was like, oh, there is a pattern. There is a reason why these guys are the 500 best. So we put that pattern to the test, and we found those agents for you. So if you're looking to buy or sell a home, stop at realestateagentsitrust.com, and we'll line you up for free with the best real estate agent. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. The president's going to be speaking in just a few minutes. Stations, you should know. Simply Safe Home Security is like getting commercial grade enterprise level security, but for your home. Now, think about the security that Fortune 500 companies use. That is exactly the kind of security that you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, which means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for just anybody else's burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home with outdoor cameras and doorbells, entry, motion, glass break sensors, all of it. Plus, 
Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24-7 by live security professionals, and it's 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash Glenn today and get a free Simply Safe security camera. Normally $100, and you get it today free. That's simplysafe.com slash Glenn. That's simplysafe.com slash Glenn. I'm just I'm just wondering if because he's always late for these things. If he's late because he's just a late guy or if he is uh if he's late intentionally knowing that all of the networks have the podium and they're waiting for the president to walk through those doors to give this press conference and and he knows that they're all going to be talking about it for, you know, 5 10 minutes as he's as he's waiting to give this very important speech seconds. and uh, he's just uh, holding the anticipation because he's never on time on these. No, not his way. I think he likes the buildup. I he think likes so the too. drama, right? I think he does. I think he Let does. Go out there and blab a little bit in front of their cameras. Wait till it gets awkward. So walk out. I think he's going to be tough on Iran, but this was it. This is going to be the, the end of it, I think. I don't think he's going to take any military action on it. He might talk about sanctions or something like that. He'll offer a stiff warning, but uh, hopefully he doesn't take a victory lap, actually running down, taking a victory lap. Uh, but he is he's bound to say some, uh, you know, boasting things and bad things about Iran coming up. So yesterday was the first time ballistic missiles were fired towards U.S. bases in Iraq. The very first time. And we haven't heard anything from the White House. We haven't heard anything from the missile, the, the military. No tomahawks were fired. Nothing. There's been no response, which I think is the best case scenario. Uh, they didn't kill anybody. They did their little response. Uh, and we're just, we win. We win in this if we if we remain cool. Prepare, however, for a non-military strike on U.S. assets. And we'll get into that here in a few minutes. The president, we are waiting for his uh, address to the nation on Iran. We will carry it live as it comes. Uh, but first, let me take a one-minute break. And hopefully this by then, is the, Glenn Beck program. the president will be at the podium. All right. Simply Safe Home Security. It's like getting commercial-grade enterprise-level security, but for your home. Think about the security for a Fortune 500 company. You know the police are going to arrive at the scene within minutes if something goes wrong there. Well, one of the reasons is because they have uh, verifiable video coverage. So immediately the alarm goes off. Somebody that is sitting there in the lobby says, oh, no, here's the video. Here's what's going on. And police are there in about seven minutes. Everybody else, you get about 45 minutes because there's so many false alarms. And just there are just false alarms. So. They put you at the bottom of the 911 list unless you have Simply Safe because they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness count of the crime. And that means they, they dispatch the police car 350% faster than the normal, normal burglar alarm. It's monitored 24 7 and it's, it starts at $15 a month. There's no contracts, no hidden fees, nothing. You own the system. 
Go to simplysafebeck.com today and get a free Simply Safe security camera that's normally $100. Order today and you get it for free. It's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. As the tension builds. As Donald Trump is making the world wait, uh, he's now about eight minutes late for his own press conference. uh, And we are anxiously waiting to hear what the president has to say after Iran uh, struck back at us or actually more at rocks in the desert uh, last night. MSNBC, of course, said that there were 33, I think, uh, Americans that had died in that, but they were getting it from their source, the the state-run television of Iran. Uh, you know, we kind of wait for the Pentagon before we announce those things, but um, they got it. They were running the state-run television last night. I've never seen anything like this. It's almost as if people want the president to fail. They want us to be at war, and there are a lot of there are a lot of people in the Republican Party that I saw on television last night that, please, Mr. President, don't listen to them. Uh, or we will be at war, and we don't need a war with Iran. Uh, th- this, I believe, is the beginning of the end of that regime. We have crippled them. They are clearly, uh, they clearly understand that they can't take on the United States in in military. They, uh, I believe, only went after the embassy to try to change the narrative in Iraq into get America out instead of get Iran out because just before that that embassy attack planned by Soleimani uh, that's what the people in Iraq were doing they were protesting in the streets all over Iraq saying get Ara- Iran out of Iraq no more Iranian policies and so they they changed the narrative there to get America out um, we killed Soleimani, and then they responded last night. But it was such a pathetic response. It, this is not like they can't hit targets. Remember, just a couple of months ago, they went after the oil fields in Saudi Arabia. Bold, bold action. And they used cruise missiles. And those cruise missiles came and and hit their target dead center. So they are capable of doing it. But last night, they didn't use cruise missiles. They weren't serious. They used ballistic missiles with low-impact explosives. And just didn't hit anything. Right. You know, all the reporting is that the military believes they intentionally didn't hit anything. Correct. Which is an amazing thing. So they can justify it to their their people. Hey, we did something. But in reality, they didn't do anything. Best case scenario, if this is like, if if the, the, the seconds are ticking off the clock and the game ends right now, Best case scenario for Donald Trump, for the country, for everybody. For the world. For everybody. This is a great outcome. Mm-hmm. However, the other part of this is what does the you know Proxy. IRGC do? Uh, what Hezbollah. do they do behind the scenes now? Do they say, well, we, we showed you what we would do. We fired a few missiles to nowhere, so we're okay, right? And then their proxies wind up going out and killing Americans or uh, capturing people. But I think, like, the message was sent pretty clearly by Trump that even when it is a proxy, if you kill an American, we are going to make you pay in a big way. 
And that's the message they should receive. They well, that's a message know. that the world used to know. Yeah. I mean, having an American passport used to mean something. Uh, when I was growing up, you could go anywhere in the world. No one would screw with an American. No one. Um, and now, not so much. Yeah, and when you, when these things, ha- like Benghazi, for example, happens, um, why? Well, I mean, there's a million different reasons, but I mean, if you look at... Uh, uh, Barack Obama and, the, and his presidency, you, it look it looks similar to Jimmy Carter in a lot of ways. It does, and you notice the second that Jimmy Carter's out of office, well, those those hostages are getting released, um, and run, when Ronald Reagan steps in, and you know, there's some similarities here. When 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 the rest of the world sees strength, they tend. That doesn't mean everybody. Osama bin Laden, I think, saw strength and and, and didn't care. But countries, nation states, typically don't do that. Uh, that's why terrorists are so dangerous, and it's why Iran uses them. Right? They know they can. They think they can get away with this. We know who their proxies are, though, and this is a dangerous game. The question is, are we going like, to close our eyes and say, we, uh, you know, it's okay. You, they can do that since we can't, you know, legalistically prove every aspect of their involvement. We'll kind of let it roll off our shoulders because we don't want anything bad to happen. Well, that's obviously the message Trump is saying is no. And Pompeo, especially, who is you know reportedly the big uh, proponent of this and has been for a very long time, uh, I, you know that is something I think is a message the 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 world needs to know. We're still waiting for President Trump to address the nation. Uh, he's uh, uh, he's about thirteen minutes late now, um, and we're just waiting to hear what he has to say. I I I will tell you, as of right now, and this could change in a heartbeat. But as of right now, this has been the best political outcome and the best um, geopolitical outcome that I have seen. This president has played this expertly so far, expertly. He has made the right decisions. He's held back when he uh, when he needed to. I'm so impressed when he pulled back and did not go and lob any missiles when they shot down a drone strike. I thought that was mm-hmm. I thought that was sent a very clear message. We're not interested in stuff. We're interested in people. Uh, and so he didn't strike back. He has been very very uh, reticent to strike uh, at uh, Iran. But when he had the opportunity and they tried to take our embassy. He sent a very strong message. No, you're not doing it. And the the, the next part, part of this, and I think to to close the loop on whether he's ha- handled this expertly, would be for him to kind of say, all right, well, we got our guy. They fired. They missed everybody. We're done for now. They better yeah. not do anything else, though, or we're going to start it up again. I think that's the right message. It seems to be reportedly where he's going with this. We'll see when he actually walks out. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to take stations. I'm going to take a quick break so uh, we can carry the president, um, you know, when he walks out. Uh, so we'll take this break real early here. American financing. One thing I'd be willing to bet about you is you like saving money. You are somebody who is trying to be fiscally responsible. May I recommend you spend 10 minutes today and do just that. The salary-based mortgage consultants over at American Financing can help lower your interest rates or access cash to pay off high-interest debt. You could save $1,000 or more today. Now, $1,000 a month or more? How, what could you do? What did you do last year? Did you pay down your debts? Did you add to your savings? This could be the secret to change that tide 
this year. American Financing, a family-owned and operated mortgage company that's been helping people for over 20 years, they are the real deal. And they've been saving people $1,000 plus every single month. Don't wait. Call them today. See what you could save. American Financing, 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. We pause for 10-second station ID. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but the president is mess- messing with my cultural site today. He really is. He's just, he's. Oh, no, what's happened? Yeah, well, I planned a show. I've executed my part. He said he was going to be 11 o'clock. It's 1116. Oh, I'm the president. I have other things to do. <sighs> well, I mean, if he has other things to do, he should schedule them. He scheduled right. this for now. That's right. Don't doesn't he understand that our priorities? Doesn't he understand the media is just all waiting for him yeah. right now. <laughs> well, that's probably why he's waiting. <laughs> that's exactly. He's, why. He's, but there's, there's some good guys in the media that are waiting for you too, Mr. President. He's looking out. And he's seeing all the annoying like yeah. CNN reporters. He's like, make them wait. I want them there. I want them up in front of the cameras, just improving for the next forty-five minutes until I'm ready to walk out there. Yeah, he's just sitting back there. He's like microwaving a hot pocket right now. So may I, if you're newly married, may I give you some advice? Today is my 20th wedding anniversary. Mm. And I would celebrate the 2nd and the 5th and the 8th and the 10th and the 12th and the 15th like an animal. Mm. Now that we're hitting a 20th anniversary, I'm all out. I was like, I I, run out of things to run out of like really impressive, you know, like this is. Save some of those. Save some of those things. Who knows? Your marriage might last. <laughs> well, then if you don't use them, though, I guess you can always reuse them on the next wife, right? Yeah, absolutely. As you, uh, you, you know, you get if the next again. one lasts, great. This one looks like it's going to last forever. Who mm. would have thought to? I was there, by the way. I should point out. <laughs> I know out. you were. I was there. I know you were. I was standing up there with you. And, watching uh, you get married, questioning the entire time, what is she doing? Like, I, I <laughs> What I was on, too. I was surprised she doing? when she said yes. There was a, a moment there at the chapel that it was like, should we trade money? We change money hands? Change? Yeah, you got to do it outside the, the church. That's it's not cool. Uh, to exchange uh, money. And then when she said yes, oh yeah. man! And then everybody started paying each other <laughs> off. And it was ugly. It was ugly. Surprising. Uh, and she stuck with you all this time. Yeah, and I even lost hundred bucks on that. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, you hedged yourself well. I thought you either get yeah. the marriage or you get the money. There is one thing uh, for sure: marrying the right person is essential. Marrying for deep, deep quality is uh, is the key. I mean, uh, Tanya and I have, we've had our arguments and stuff, and usually in the beginning of, of, our, of our life together, because we didn't really, we were still kind of adjusting and like, yeah, I'm going to be like this forever. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you get through those early pangs and... I can't imagine being without her, and she can't imagine being without me. And I start to look at people who have lived together forever, and I understand why one of them dies 
quickly after the other one does because they're just they are they're fused together they they just become one and i love it i just love it so is this like you're kind of have this nice little soliloquy so you don't have to get her something nice is that because you don't have a present is that basically what this is right here you're like hey i got a delay with donald trump might as well take care of that anniversary present kind of like blab on the air and that's better than it's better than material things and i made you this card with a crayon like it's that type of thing except verbally it's a verbal crayon card is that basically what's happened Pretty much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Do you have a good plan? I mean, you obviously don't have to say it on the air. I do have a plan. Is it good? I think it is. Will she think it is, I guess, is the question. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I really have no idea. It gets so much harder as you get later in relationships to come up with presents that are good. It's that they easy because like. you can use other things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I use this one and that one to look good. And, and they just don't know what to expect. But after, you know, especially 20 years, they know what to expect. Yep. And you're supposed to know them really well. And mm-hmm. I cannot predict my wife on presence. I don't know. Yeah. She's very, very, she's just very satisfied and very uh comfortable and so there's not like things that she wants and yeah and you know look there's been there's that's a blessing and you're in a, good, a total good, good position but i've been she's yeah. been that way ever since i met her when we were yeah. poor she was like ah. it's more about that with her though right like she's yeah, just she's just, just like satisfied but doesn't really need those things and right. doesn't really care so you have to be super thoughtful and that's just tiring that's so you know, hard I mean, come on 20 years of being thoughtful yeah Again, you can't keep that up. You definitely don't have that many thoughts. I You're don't. Clearly, I've been with I you doing the show the whole time. You've got like four thoughts. I do. And you just change them around. All the, right. just, you got four thoughts, you apply them to whatever news story is on today. Exactly That's right. what you do. She's got 20 years. So you've done the four thoughts. You've probably repeated them four or five times. Five times now. This will be the fifth. This is it. This will be the fifth this time. This is it. You should just tell her, this, no more presents yeah, this after is it. this. I got nothing. This is it. You're going to get the fourth version of my, or the fifth version of my fourth thought. And then we're done. The problem is, is that really all that we both want is just time together. That's all we really want. Just time mm-hmm. together. And time, like, honestly, like, she she sews quilts and things, and, and I paint. And honestly, just time, just by ourselves. She's sewing. I'm painting. We're kind of talking back and forth, doing stuff. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And that's, yeah. that's all we really want. But, I mean, you can't say, hey, it's our 20th anniversary. Go over there and quilt, and I'm going to just no, stay over here. And no, paint. I know, no, I know <laughs> like that. that doesn't sound. No, I know, I know. Uh, but it's also like you know, at least in my position, the 20th anniversary isn't like, hey, let's rekindle some fire. I mean, look at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you no, know I, know. I mean, it's, it's like, part of my job. Have to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it, I have to also now plan how for her not to see me. So she's like, oh yeah. Instead of, oh, my gosh, I forgot what you look like. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot what you turned into. Holy cow. Is it? And this is one of my pieces. You're giving advice to young couples mm-hmm. and, and people who are getting married. Can big I give, advice. Big advice. Uh, don't get old. Just don't. Just don't age. Die at 30. 39. 39. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's eh, a, maybe that's, 40. Okay. That's solid advice. 49. May I give a piece of advice? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, here's my advice. Mm. Get, do like a year. Of your life, maybe mm-hmm. in your twenties, after you get you get into the relationship, mm-hmm. things are going great. Take a year and gain a lot of weight. 
I mean like 40, 50 pounds. Now, it's going to be hard to lose, and you might not lose it all. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is gain weight early. Because then, when you look back at photos, Amen. you can say, I look better than that, though. Right. You See, you I were, did that. No, yeah. I did that. When I married her, yeah. I was 200, probably 225, 230 pounds. Mm. Okay? And if she's going to marry you then, first of all, you know she's not doing it for the looks, right? right? She wasn't doing mm-hmm. it for the money. Yep. I mean, she was yeah, a had quality no woman. You had more you know? debt than the U.S. government at that point. <laughs> it was yeah. bad. Yeah. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a, a recovering alcoholic, two kids, her parents... They don't want me to be married to the daughter. You know, yeah. it was, and I'm, you know, I'm just a a, a mutt mm-hmm. with no Italian in me. They're full-blooded Italians. I mean, there was, it was not good. Right. It was not a good, and I'm 225, 230 pounds. Mm-hmm. So two years into the wedding, and this is married to an Italian, I shouldn't say that, five years after the wedding, mm-hmm. uh, being married to her, to who, who I remember the first time the Latin, I, I remember the last time I had any kind of canned spaghetti or anything else. Right. Okay. I remember it clearly because she looked at it and went, yeah, I just put this in the pan and heat it up and that's it. And I'm like, yeah. And she tried it and she was like, we're never having that again. <laughs> so I somehow or another, I lost weight. So I, I had that. I was like, I look better now then I did the day we got married. Yeah, that's what that's you do. That's where you want. Uh, but now I look back and go, <laughs> somehow or another, there's four of the guy that you got married to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's not foolproof. You, you do have to try to – that's why you, the, your argument there, you should have gained more weight for the wedding. People are like, I want to lose weight and look good for the wedding. That's the worst thing you want to do. You yeah. want to be a, your peak fatness at your wedding because then you can always look back and say, look at this. After the relationship – I put so much time into trying to, to to make this work. Look at me. I've lost three ounces from that, that <laughs> right. wedding photo. Right. At least right. you can always say you're less than that. Yeah, yeah. Because the wedding photo, everybody's thin and looking good. Nah. No. Nah. And that's why also, you know, you know she really likes you. You know, like if you're at your wor- you're looking your worst, then she, you know, there's nothing, none of that going on. You should be poor. You should be in but debt she and thought fat at the when time. you get married. That's she what I'm saying. She thought at the time <laughs> that was going to be the best it got. Oh, See, this is why I love yeah. her, because mm-hmm. I was just, well, I mean, I love her for other reasons, too. But the reason why she was, like, golden, yeah, because I was at the bottom of my career. Uh, I, I mean, we got married 20 years ago today. 20 years ago on Friday is the day I started talk radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we got married. We didn't have a honeymoon. I went right to work. Which she appreciated. Oh yeah, you were a catch. Oh my gosh, I was a catch. I believe your uh, your post uh, post wedding meal was at a hamburger place. I believe it was. It was you got hamburgers. It was. It was just a bunch of. It wasn't like a fancy hamburger place. It was like a takeout McDonald's. Well, let's not let's not. It was very fancy, but let's not really talk about it because that's where we were going to go tonight. Uh, How are you, Taco Taco Bueno? Just don't. Now you've now you've said too much. Now you've ruined it. Sorry. I'm trying to get candles there. Get the candles. Fire hazard. The walls are made of styrofoam, so it's difficult. This is the Glenbeck program. But Taco Bueno, it is so romantic. Okay, still waiting for the president. Now he comes out. We're going to take a quick break. He's not out yet, but he's going to be out soon. When you're down in the trenches and the bullets are whizzing by overhead constantly, and mortar shells are exploding left and right, uh, how exactly... 
you know, how often do you raise your head to say, ooh, what's going on? That's exactly what you're doing every time you're on an unsecured Wi-Fi network, even password-protected one. That's why you need Norton 360. With Norton 360, you get the layers of protection, including real-time device security and a VPN for online privacy. That has bank-grade encryption that helps keep your information, like logins and passwords, secure and private. And Norton 360 Password Manager is easy, and it securely creates, stores, and manages all of your passwords, your credit card information, and other credentials. Plus, there's a PC Safe Cam feature, which notifies you if cyber criminals try to use your webcam. Now, nobody can prevent all this stuff from happening, but the new Norton 360 is a powerful ally. Get it up to 50% off on your annual subscription right now at Norton.com com slash Beck Norton.com slash Beck Donald Trump is about to walk out. We're going to get the speech going in just a minute. Go to blaze TV.com. We'll have the whole review tonight. Uh, use the promo code Glenn and you're going to save 10 bucks. President Donald Trump. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I'm pleased Mm. to inform you the American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost because of the precautions taken, the dispersal of forces, and an early warning system that worked very well. I salute the incredible skill and courage of America's men and women in uniform for far too long, all the way back to 1979, to be exact. Nations have tolerated Iran's destructive and destabilizing behavior in the Middle East and beyond. Those days are over. Iran has been the leading sponsor of terrorism, and their pursuit of nuclear weapons threatens the civilized world. We will never let that happen. Last week, we took decisive action to stop a ruthless terrorist from threatening American lives. At my direction, the United States military eliminated the world's top terrorist, Qasem Soleimani. As the head of the Quds Force, Soleimani was personally responsible for some of the absolutely worst atrocities. He trained terrorist armies, including Hezbollah, launching terrorist strikes against civilian targets. He fueled bloody civil wars, 
all across the region. He viciously wounded and murdered thousands of U.S. troops, including the planting of roadside bombs that maim and dismember their victims. Soleimani directed the recent attacks on U.S. personnel in Iraq that badly wounded four service members and killed one American, and he orchestrated the violent assault on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. In recent days, he was planning new attacks on American targets, but we stopped him. Soleimani's hands were drenched in both American and Iranian blood. He should have been terminated long ago. By removing Soleimani, we have sent a powerful message to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our people. As we continue to evaluate options in response to Iranian aggression, the United States will immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. These powerful sanctions will remain until Iran changes its behavior. In recent months alone, Iran has seized ships in international waters, fired an unprovoked strike on Saudi Arabia, and shot down two U.S. drones. Iran's hostilities substantially increased after the foolish Iran nuclear deal was signed in 2013. And they were given $150 billion, not to mention $1.8 billion in cash. Instead of saying thank you to the United States, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day the agreement was signed. Then Iran went on a terrorist spree, funded by the money from the deal, and created hell in Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, and Iraq. The missiles fired last night at us and our allies were paid for with the funds made available by the last administration. The regime also greatly tightened the reins on their own country, even recently killing 1,500 people at the many protests that are taking place all throughout Iran. The very defective JCPOA expires shortly anyway and gives Iran a clear and quick path to nuclear breakout. Iran must abandon its nuclear ambitions and end its support for terrorism. The time has come for the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Russia, and China to recognize this reality. They must now break away from the remnants of the Iran deal, or JCPOA. And we must all work together toward making a deal with Iran that makes the world a safer and more peaceful place. We must also make a deal that allows Iran to thrive and prosper and take advantage of its enormous untapped potential. Iran can be a great country. Peace and stability cannot prevail in the Middle East as long as Iran continues to foment violence, unrest, hatred, and war. The civilized world must send a clear and unified message to the Iranian regime. Your campaign of terror, murder, mayhem will not be tolerated any longer. It will not 
be allowed to go forward. Today, I am going to ask NATO to become much more involved in the Middle East process. Over the last three years, under my leadership, our economy is stronger than ever before, and America has achieved energy independence. These historic accomplishments change our strategic priorities. These are accomplishments that nobody thought were possible. And options in the Middle East became available. We are now the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world. Hmm. We are independent, and we do not need Middle East oil. The American military has been completely rebuilt under my administration at a cost of $2.5 trillion. U.S. armed forces are stronger than ever before. Our missiles are big, powerful, accurate, lethal, and fast. Under construction are many hypersonic missiles. The fact that we have this great military and equipment, however, does not mean we have to use it. We do not want to use it. American strength, both military and economic, is the best deterrent. Three months ago, after destroying 100 percent of ISIS and its territorial caliphate, we killed the savage leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi, who was responsible for so much death, including the mass beheadings of Christians, Muslims, and all who stood in his way. He was a monster. Al-Baghdadi was trying again to rebuild the ISIS caliphate and failed. Tens of thousands of ISIS fighters have been killed or captured during my administration. ISIS is a natural enemy of Iran. The destruction of ISIS is good for Iran, and we should work together on this and other shared priorities. Finally, to the people and leaders of Iran, we want you to have a future, and a great future, one that you deserve, one of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I want to thank you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. I thank thought this you. was a uh, great speech uh, from the president. He didn't deviate from it. He, he, You know how he sometimes is, like, surprised that something is in there, uh, <laughs> and he repeats it. He didn't do any of that. Um, it was somber. It was strong uh, and sent a very strong message to the entire world. Uh, some of the things that came out of it is going to increase the sanctions on Iran. He did say that um, we will never allow Iran to have a nuclear weapon. He said that before he even said good morning. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a uh, that was a uh, that was an interesting way. I've not seen a president start with a statement and then say good morning. Uh, it, that is the message that should come out of this. Uh, he made it very clear that it's time for NATO to step up because we don't need the oil. So you want to you want to protect the resources, you know, the oil. We don't need it anymore. 
So if you want it, uh, you're going to have to step to the plate. And he said that they had to get out of the GC, uh, uh, JCPOA, which is the uh, the Iranian deal. He made a very big point uh, to make sure we pointed out that uh, the deal that Obama made funded, quote, a terrorist spree and the missiles that were used last night. That was written. Uh, so I, I don't know how that one could be proved uh, but it's interesting that he said that. He also talked about how they have tightened the noose on uh, the Iranian people, and they are going to come and change their ways now. But Iran it l- appears to be standing down, and this is all it has to be. They have a choice now. And as of this moment, when you look at this past few days in a results-based way, this is an absolute a plus. There is no way this could have come out better than it has right now. Now, I if this next is... week they set off a dirty bomb in the middle of Chicago, That's... it's a totally different story. We're right. going to have to reassess this. But as of right now, at least as far as their official actions go, this is an A+. plus. I mean, it could not have worked out better so far. Anybody who says, oh, yes, but, uh, if they dwell on the but, if they point out the but like you just did, look, I believe that we are going to have a non-military strike by Iran on a U.S. asset somewhere in the world. Could be here, could be abroad, don't know. But I don't think that their proxy uh, war is done with us. No, no. Um, however, with that being said, anyone who dwells on that right now is just borrowing trouble because this is a home run. This is probably the most impressive uh, use of our military in a limited way I've seen a president do. Right. And when you want to do one of these tests, uh, 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 you know, taking out a person at this level, you have to go through those three tests. One, is it morally right? Completely morally, morally right. right. Is it legal? Absolutely legal. We could go through the justifications. Mm-hmm. I know some of the left try to question that, but it's completely legal. And there's a reason why it happened in Iraq and not Iran. Correct. Um, and then the third one is, do you want to deal with the crap that comes from it? Right? Do you want to deal with the repercussions? Well, if we're at the point where this is the repercussions, we've got a few missiles that landed away from everybody who could possibly have been hurt. This is an absolute A-plus home run. Well, it won't be um, the only uh, repercussion. You, However— You have to look at it from a win, sort of a wins-against-replacement, though. There already was activity yes, against yes, Americans. Yes, absolutely. Is there they more? Gonna, is, or is there less? I think there's a good yeah. chance there's less now for, right. because of this. Um, but, but the one thing that everybody was saying, oh, we've got you got to get your kids into college because there's going to be a draft in World War III. All of that stuff is nonsense. Because Iran is not in the position to fight us. And they clearly signaled last night, we don't want a war with you. They may continue what they've been doing with their proxy wars, um, but they don't want a war with the U.S. <coughs> Excuse me. So that is really good news. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, as Stu said, an A+. So what do you do when you're in so much pain that you can not only do what's necessary around the house, but you find you can't even sleep half the time? This is a situation that Dawn found herself in. She'd been a hairstylist for 25 years, and she had developed and was constantly dealing with pain in her hands and her feet and her back. And she was desperate for something to take the pain away. That's when Dawn heard about Relief Factor. And within a few weeks of taking it, all of her pain, and I mean every bit of it, she says, was gone 
She says the longer she takes Relief Factor, the better she feels. And it worked for her. It could work for you. It's worked for me. In fact, it works for 70% of the people who try it. When taken properly, Relief Factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain. And it works for 70% of the people who try the three-week quick start. Take it as directed for three weeks and then evaluate. 70% of the people evaluate and go, I'll order that again. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Um, I think this has been a very good day for America. Um, That's not what you're going to hear from the mainstream press. That's not what you're going to hear from uh, a lot of people. And unfortunately, it's it's I don't know what they're saying today. uh, But last night I heard a lot of people that were giving advice on Fox that was that was insane uh, to make sure that we go. Now is the time to flip that regime. No, now isn't it is not the time. It's never the time. Let's stop doing that. Now is the time to support the Iranian people uh, and empower them uh, to do their job and have control of their own destiny. It's ours to make sure that we protect American uh, American lives. And the president has been, um, you know, the one thing that I know he believes is we shouldn't be involved involved in wars all over the world and he wants to pull our troops back and there are a lot of people in the state department uh in probably the pentagon in congress maybe even in the administration that don't want to see that happen because that reduces their power and takes the the control of the world out of america's hands i think that's a good thing and the president has been using military and economic power, uh, I think, in a very expert way. I mean, I thought the speech and the way he's handled this, he's become presidential. This is very presidential and one of the best president, presidential moves I've seen when it comes to war in at least 20 years. This is the Glenn Beck Program.